All right. Welcome to another episode of Remembering Me, a soul healing podcast. I am Candice Love. I'm your boy, Docs, also known as Brick City Buddha. And we are back after a small hiatus, right? Thank you. Um, a big hiatus, almost two months, maybe, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of things going on. A lot of life things, a lot of work things, a lot of healing, growing things, a lot of beautiful things. Bring them up to speed. I always bring them up to speed. Oh, man. I don't even know where to start, though. Um, Retreat. Okay. So we hosted our two sold-out retreats in Tulum, Mexico. Fifth consecutive sold-out retreat in the past two years. Yeah. Fifth consecutive and from there mm-hmm. what else um from there i came back to pick my son up from jersey to spend the summer with us um he will be here right now but my sister's on the way bringing him back from dallas so i hopped on a flight straight oh hold up hold up hold up we can't skip that you gotta tell him a little bit about our journey getting to oh mexico my gosh. <laughs> man so for those of you who follow us on social media you know that our journey getting to Mexico was challenging. <laughs> and so we had our flight uh, to United, but didn't recognize that United was on strike because that's something that they're attempting to hide. So we had 18 flight cancellations and delays within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. To the point, we didn't even know if we would be able to make it to Mexico to actually begin our retreat mm-hmm. because all of our flights continuously kept getting canceled and delayed. And then when you ask United Agents, is this going on everywhere else? They're telling us yes. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even know. And remember, United is the hub in Houston. So it does seem like the whole world is just delayed or canceled. So we didn't even you know, we almost didn't make it to Mexico. Right. So we had to practice a lot of patience and acceptance. Yeah. Because we were supposed to leave at like 8 a.m. in the morning. We ended up coming back home that same day, almost 8, 9 o'clock at night to try it again the next day, still not knowing if we're going to get on the flight. Um, So to a large degree, when you are in this walk of life, you got to be okay with the bag not always being necessarily secured and had we not made it out there for our first retreat it's a lot of logistics that goes into that we got to talk about refunds we've already spent money to be able to have this retreat so i was proud of us in the fact that even though those thoughts of course was on our ticket tape we never purchased them we never downloaded them we never carried them um we were super tired at a certain point um but we were still in good spirits we never complained about it and a huge part of this quote unquote spiritual journey, especially when this is going to be your livelihood, you got to have a certain level of gangster where Thanks. no matter what's thrown in your face, it's like, I right, if we ain't going to make it to this retreat and we got to figure that out, we'll get to that when we get to that. Right now, let's just exhaust possibility and getting out there. And we were make, able to make it the next day. We came into the airport like five in the morning. She gets randomly interviewed by the news because this is a historic event. If y'all out here in Texas, I'm like, you on the news. (laughs) Out of all the people there, they pick us to talk to. 
Um, but, you know, inshallah, God got us to where we needed to be. And we had two beautiful um, back-to-back retreats. And this was our first time not having any male energy yeah. outside of me being a practitioner. So uh, really quickly, just talk to us about what that was like from your perspective, having just unbridled feminine energy that we was working with. Yeah, there's definitely a huge difference. In our retreats, we typically have at least a couple or one man Mm -hmm. um, outside of my husband or in addition to my husband. So us not having that this time, it was very noticeable. Um, There's there's something that happens when there is masculine energy present that calms Mm -hmm. the wildness Mm -hmm. of a woman naturally, Mm -hmm. whether they like it or not. And so when that energy is not present, you do get to see how wild mm-hmm. the energy can be. This doesn't mean that the the woman is wild. Mm-hmm. It just means that the energy is unbridled. It means right. that it is looking for safety, looking for control, looking for provision. And if it's organization, not organization, structure, yeah. yeah. And if it's not provided in a very instant and particular way that instantly makes that woman get whatever dopamine Mm. or safety mechanism that they need, then it becomes even more wild. Mm. And so we were able to really feel the difference in when there's a man present, multiple men present, um, and then the difference where it isn't, where it is um, just the women who are able to console each other and how women console each other in healthy ways and in unhealthy ways that may even further um like the 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 behaviors Mm -hmm. that they are even attempting to heal Mm -hmm. so it's it was definitely noticeable the difference right and on my end i was not in a good or bad way Mm -hmm. it's just noticeable that there is a different type of energy yeah the nature of the energy itself without what we're about to talk about um the emotional regulation and sometimes when you got a group of men, um, we've been talking a lot about battle rap and what's going on with the URL for those of y'all that's into that. But whenever you got a bunch of men with no balance of feminine energy, things is going to go a certain way and you're going to be able to notice certain imbalance, the same thing on the other side. Um, and I guess the main thing I noticed uh, being the only man there, back-to-back retreats, about 13 women apiece, um, that's a lot of energy, right? It's beautiful, though, for me to be able to have a front-row seat And the main thing I was able to pick up on, which we had to kind of shift our focus um, on the spot, we had to shift some of what we would usually do at retreats because anger kept coming up so much. And we've been talking about conflict resolution, you being open to conflict, which you've been learning about opening up to that energy. Pretty much every single woman that was at these two retreats had the same story, different nuances, but all to a certain degree repressing, suppressing, and almost being afraid of their anger. So there was a certain point where Candace felt into how she was supposed to guide the anger sessions. And we did something called the scream room. It was to a degree like, fellas, if you've ever been yelled at by a woman you love, you know um, the energy that takes to be able to stand through. Um, So to be just standing proxy, walking the women back and forth, to the screen room for them to get it off and then back to where they needed to go afterwards. Like you saw that day, like I was completely depleted. Nobody is like 
directly yelling at me. Ain't no beef with me and my wife or nothing like that. But I'm feeling the energy of what these women are releasing, probably from lifetimes never having a moment to feel safe enough to be in the middle of Tulum, in a room in the middle of nowhere to finally get some of this stuff out. So I say that to say that that energy is extremely powerful. And when it's suppressed, it's going to trickle out in different ways that will still consume a man bit by bit, as opposed to just breaking him apart all at once. But what I was able to feel in these moments is like a microcosm of what I feel like a lot of men are trying to circumvent through with the uh, anger that their women are carrying that they may not have even um, been a part of. And then on the other end, how afraid, how caged in so many women feel from just being able to honor what's so natural to the human experience, which is being okay, which is being upset. Yeah, and one of the attendees, we were getting to the root of what she felt when it came to anger and why she allowed herself to repress it. She said that she was afraid and she said she was afraid of destroying everything. Mm. And she doesn't mean like picking up something and destroying the room. Mm. She feels like destroying herself, Mm. destroying the world. And so from that, you have to remind people that what you repress inside if everything is truly connected, which it is, when you repress inside the fire that you feel inside, but then you you don't acknowledge that, but you acknowledge the wildfires in Maui. <laughs> you don't acknowledge the fire that's burning inside, but you acknowledge the fires that's burning in Malibu mm-hmm. in California. And so everything is, con- is connected. So the fire that we don't acknowledge inside or give ourselves permission to express it has to come out somewhere. Energy never dies. So what you give yourself permission to repress here has to find a way to come out in some other way. And so now all of this natural anger or explosive energy that we aren't giving ourselves permission to acknowledge is now showing up in the world, showing up in nature, showing up as fire, showing up as global warming, Mm. as everything is hot. It's been like 100 and something in Houston. This Mm. is like the hottest year on record. It's across the world right now, yeah. Exactly, so that fire that is happening within us is literally happening outside of us as well. So when she said, I don't wanna destroy anything it's a reminder that when you repress it you already are you're destroying yourself and you are playing a part in the wildfires and the things that are happening in nature and to a certain degree you do have to allow the destruction of yourself to happen we were just talking the other day you know we've talked on this podcast about allowing yourself to die but you had mentioned um that a lot of people don't realize how often you need to be able to die on this spiritual journey when you open up to it And with that anger piece, like going back to primordial rage, uh, if you are somebody that believes in, you know, multiple life cycles and things of this nature, imagine going through this six billion times and you feel like, all right, this is my last life. And then you wake up on somebody's (laughs) metal table in a a maternity ward. It's like, damn, I got to do this again. Right. Right. So to a certain degree, there's a primordial initial rage just... I'm back in this human experience again. Right. There's still more for me to learn, and then we just continue to build on top of that, all the microcosmic moments that we don't allow ourselves to express our anger all the times. Like you've talked about where you wanted to yell at somebody and held it in. The, the feminine principle, the feminine half of that, because like I was just telling you, we'll be talking about emotional regulation today. To a large degree, 
men, of course, have the same emotions, but we've been conditioned to be able to function through it. And we don't have connection to a lot of it. So we're ignorant and oblivious to it, almost as if it's not there until it just consumes us. But we're able to kind of navigate through it more than where women feel everything. Right. So there's so many opportunities for you to feel upset, for you to feel enraged and, and anger about something. It's y'all are conditioned to to feel like less of a woman, to feel like less of an individual when you don't express that. So that was extremely interesting. I've been working with women, of course, for years in my counseling session, but I've never had to had a front row seat to it to that degree where I see how rampant um, suppression of anger is right now. Yeah, and then if you think about it, too, because you mentioned the baby, even when the woman is giving birth, what do they tell her to do? Yell, scream, right. to get that energy out. So to a large degree for the baby to even be here, they have to come through the portal of some type of explosive energy just for them to be pushed out into this room. Right. So it is an extremely natural um emotion or energy to express right and to a large degree uh opening up to our anger led us to each other yeah you, you was just saying i've been having the idea to do a podcast for how long like three yeah, four years absolutely same thing on my end people been telling me yo get your podcast out and we was kind of saying that we was waiting for each other to show up to be each other's co-hosts but a lot of that process of healing when people hear that they just thinking or have this picture of meditation of the sage and all these beautiful things about healing, a lot of that was being able to open up to my anger, being able to yell at a few people and get some of this energy out in that clear space for us to be able to do what we're doing now, the retreats, the podcasts, and living this life that we live now. So it's not just a matter of you feeling angry and it's not a matter of us saying open up to the anger just to feel mad, just to feel upset. It's a matter of realizing the incentive underneath digging into that anger because you're going to open up to data and wisdom and an internal uh, GPS system that's going to start to come online that's going to lead you to the necessary people, places, and things that your soul wants. Yeah, and everybody, you know, it's levels to the aspect of acknowledging anger or explosive energy because some of y'all have made a life in anger and explosive energy. And so you may be called to learn how to bring it back and to step into your heart space. There's some people who have lived in their heart space, like myself, like my husband, who are being called to acknowledge the heart, but just to step out of the heart sometimes and acknowledge the darkness. Some people have been in their darkness for a really long time, and it's time for them to step into their light. And now that we've managed to find a or cultivate a beautiful relationship with our light, it's time for us to cultivate an even better relationship with the darker parts of ourselves that we didn't acknowledge, mm. like the explosive energy. So um, it is levels to it. It doesn't mean get stuck in like, oh, no, I'm angry. I'm angry. Don't get a addicted to being in that space. If you acknowledge an emotion without the intention to heal it, you dishonor yourself and you re-traumatize yourself. So whatever you feel has to have the intention behind it for to aid in your healing and your evolving. And I think that's key, too, before we like officially dig into the topic. Um, understanding if you are in a partnership in any way, shape or form, like we've talked a lot about, I've had a lot of practice in conflict. Right? right? Not necessarily even just conflict resolution. It's not like I'm perfect at that, but I've had so much practice because I did suppress my anger. I didn't express what I needed to express. So I had a lot of stuff dumped on me throughout the course of my relationships. They got to the point where so much of that energy piled up where I had to start giving it back. And that led to a lot of arguments. I remember 
in my 13 year relationship, I got so good at being able to calculate the details of what she was mad at me about. It was like I was keeping notes in my head. So if we did get into it, I'm point A, point B, all the way to point Z, still didn't work. <laughs> she still ain't care. But I got very good at being able to dig into the nuances of what a conflict may be about. That has not been the case for you because you just getting into the mode of being able to express yourself, even if it leads to conflict. So if y'all in a partnership, y'all should kind of figure out who may be more adept or who has had more experience at being able to go towards a conflict as opposed to who hasn't. And whoever has, man or woman, they may need to take more of a, a leadership role, not in dictating who's right or wrong. And we don't even function in right or wrong space. But you may need to be the person that is able to plant that flag to stand your ground in certain moments or to open up to what your partner may need to tell you that may cause conflict. It's probably imperative that people figure out who may be the lead in that particular dance. Yeah, and I think it's important to also point out that it's not about right or wrong, like right. you said, because when some people are like, well, you know, I've, I've had, you know, my time in conflict, I, it just means to acknowledge that when times get extremely heavy, it may be easier for me to withstand this heavy energy mm -hmm. as opposed to some people shut down during conflict. Some people just explode during conflict. Some people leave during conflict. Some people completely detach and others just may not know what to do at all. Mm -hmm. And so you may have someone who is standing strong in this space that is completely uncomfortable for the other person. So it is healthy for the person who has the ability to stand strong to even send out the reminder we're just having some conflicts exactly. right now we're just having a heavy moment this is not anything to fear i'm not going anywhere i still love you um and i do understand that this is a difficult moment for you um but it doesn't mean right or wrong it just means i understand that this is not a space where you have ventured in that that much before yeah like i just told you um in some of these moments where your heart be like man break up with this boy you don't gotta deal with this right now and i'm like bro it's not even that deep sit your butt down we're gonna get through this <laughs> and when you're able to like kind of really figure out who may be more adept to take the lead and this is not a matter of hierarchy whoever sure. is the lead is no better or worse they've just had more practice in this particular thing you're not going to expect Shaq to go out there and do what curry do because they have different roles mm -hmm. so when you are able to understand that now it don't matter who's the man or who's the woman all the societal rules and norms go out the window like we talked about in the last episode when you was screaming at me in that moment i understand i'm the lead I understand mm -hmm. I can take this. I've been in this many a times before and now I'm in it with a woman who is balanced and this yelling that's coming at me, 90% of it ain't even really about me. Mm -hmm. So that's what the lead is really about. And I don't think a lot of couples are able to, or even understand, we need to have a conversation on who should be leaned on in some of these moments. It doesn't mean the other person doesn't have to do what they need to do, but every great player needs a coach. There's certain mm -hmm. ways that she's a much better coach um, towards me and vice versa. So we just got to understand the roles, not societal or gender, the roles based on our ability of emotional regulation. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I think that's a great segue into the conversation. So I want you to, you just randomly asked me a question as we were setting up. I want you to tell them the question you asked me. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> know, like, you know, how this question, like, came into my spirit, but I was just getting some water. And I was like, on the average, like, 
throughout 30 days, how many days within that month would you say that I have, you know, woken up on the wrong side of the bed, quote unquote, um, or felt like distant in energy or like I just didn't want to be bothered? And he was like, really? No, don't, don't get my answer. Okay. What would have your answer been? What did, oh, you, yeah, what did you feel like it was? Yeah, that's a good question. I I didn't think about it on the in the way of like 30 days when I was thinking about it. That's just how I formed the question. Mm-hmm. But when I was thinking about it, it just kind of felt like, have I been annoying as hell? <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. I was like, damn, am I an annoying wife? <laughs> like, damn, like, you know, do I, am I always upset? Am, Cause I see situations where the woman is always upset. Right. I see family life where, especially on social media, where uh, the women that are married always are upset about something. There's something going on, mm-hmm. or the man is upset, and you know the the time in between is not really you know too beautiful. So and you couple that with now you being open to conflict, so you're expressing more things that could bring up stuff that yes, wouldn't have came up before. Go absolutely, ahead. Yep. because in my past relationships, I was the person who just didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. So now that I am saying anything, you know, once you tell somebody they can do something, they kind of, you know, take an inch and a mile. And so it's like, dang, now that I'm speaking up, you know, I'm saying how I really feel. Am I really saying how I really feel? Like, how often am I doing this? <laughs> and, you know, I guess the the purpose of me is wanting to have that own my own self-analysis mm-hmm. to be able to self-reflect in how I'm showing up in our marriage emotionally if that feels emotionally regulated to you Mm. especially because i am um i'm doing a lot of things Mm -hmm. and even not physically but mentally i'm preparing for the physical things that i'm about to have to do and so to a large degree here is trying to compartmentalize those things and also taking into account my emotions and wanting to make sure that i am showing up in our marriage as a regulated wife, emotionally regulated wife, um, and just being mindful if there are things that need more attention or things within myself that may need to be nurtured a little bit more or fine-tuned or something that I need to sit with, I would prefer to ask that question than to try to just come up with my own idea like, oh, no, I've been chilling. So what did you feel like it was out of the course of a month? How many days do you feel like you was waking up on the wrong side of bed? Yeah, I was going to give myself a good five but you're still light work, fellas. You already know. <laughs> That's still light work. But you felt it was more than what I communicated. My number was two. Yeah. I felt into it. I thought about it. And you don't be tripping. Like, you know what I mean? Even with <laughs> you being open to conflict more now, um, of course, there's more opportunities for that potentially to exist. But even with that being said, as much as we are together, as much as we do together, most couples don't have to share business as well. Right, we pr- yeah. Every facet of our life pretty much is intertwined. So it's a lot of space and opportunity for things to go left. So for me, it's crazy. I, I didn't think about that until you just said it. Because you said um, when we was talking about getting to this point and waiting for our co-hosts and each other. Yeah. You said imposter syndrome is what blocks a lot of people on low key. It's just God telling you it ain't time yet. Yeah. When you take your time, when you are patient, patient when you do your due diligence, 
you can exist in this space where a lot of other couples have not been able to do all the things we do together and it be to the degree where you like i never even thought about that yeah because it's, it, it feels so natural and it feels so effortless to us um so like i keep saying take your time but with that being said Mama used to say take your time young man Mama used to say mm-hmm. don't you rush the ghetto that's it yeah yeah we ain't had a random outburst in a minute so i'll let you rock on that um <laughs> and um i had put up a post like a week or so ago about anger um i think it was a clip from one of our podcasts or maybe one of my personal joints but the men was like in that moment where you was yelling at me i think i was talking about that and nurturing feminine anger being able to nurture and hold space for our women's anger a lot of men got mad at that um and i was in a space where my reservoir of being yelled at was depleted at a certain point before i met you um but of course your balance the love and the energy you give me replenished a lot of the reservoirs that had depleted themselves but to a large degree men don't know how to hold that space because they are with women and i communicated to you before too in previous relationships like my 13-year relationship out of a month two with you where you may wake up on the wrong side of the bed and nine times out of ten it don't even got to do with me right it's just your personal life your human experience but then you, you was like all right what about other relationships we talking 20 times a month right well, I got to, you know, kind of navigate through that energy. And I'm sure a lot of other men can attest. It doesn't make these women sinister. A lot of times they don't have a process or a mechanism in place to know how to deal with all the different emotional data that's coming through their field. So day in and day out, they just waking up with that attitude. And to a large degree, when you asked me that question, it gave me a lot even more appreciation for the fact that I've done enough work on myself to gravitate towards, to manifest, to surface a partner who is just as emotionally regulated. Cause when I asked you the same question, you was like one, two. So we like right in the same pocket. And we would like to talk about some ways people can come into more emotional regulation with themselves and with their partners. Yeah. And I think the best segue is that communication key. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had, who was this? A few weeks ago? A couple like, like last ago? week. Was it last week? <laughs> yeah. Last week. We be living, y'all. I know. Time does not exist. <laughs> so we had um, a disagreement. Mm-hmm. And it. Semi argument. Yeah, semi argument. Yeah. So I was leaving to go to LA. She was about to go fight with her friend. <laughs> y'all saw my pictures. I was looking good out there. <laughs> so I was getting ready to go to LA with my friends. And um, the day before, um, my husband booked a hair appointment to get his hair cut. And so I saw that he had booked the appointment. And this is the thing when I say, quote unquote, woke up on the wrong side of the bed, because women, we feel everything. Mm-hmm. We're processing everything. And to a large degree, what sends us over is the 500 voices we have in our head. Should I say something? Should I not say something? Is this starting mess? Is this about to start drama? Is, is this gonna, valid? Is this petty? Yeah. Is it going to end in an argument? Is it necessary for this to be brought up? Is this my fault? Is this something I could have done? How is this conversation going to affect the rest of our day? There's so many voices in our heads before we bring things up 
that when we do bring them up that there's already some energy that's already accumulated so now you kind of just have to say something right because all of the work that we've done in our head now it's like well i'd rather just say it mm -hmm. <laughs> than keep doing these mental gymnastics by myself let me throw a tidbit before you proceed so when w women are going through this process and men are oblivious to a large degree i think we feel it so we'll ask are you all right but y'all still kind of processing how you're going to handle it by the time it comes to this and this is something you brought up even to me before i even acknowledged it y'all are already down the field Right. Y'all at the 20 yard line and when you give it to us, we got to like try to hurry up and catch up and navigate through a lot that y'all have already right. processed. So to a large degree, a lot of times when women do give the things to your man that you would like him to do better or different, this is why sometimes we feel like um, out of the loop. Even when the information is coming to us, we feel like it's abrupt or like, where did this come from? Mm -hmm. Because now it's like, I, I'm in a race to get to your level of understanding about what you're bringing up. I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, because we've been sitting with it for some time to like wrestling with ourselves. So like you say, I'm already at the 50 yard line and you're still at, you know, the end zone. The end zone. <laughs> Check and you so, out. Okay. <laughs> And so to a large degree, I'm going to tell y'all the story, but just to finish this, this part, to a large degree, when we express to someone what we are feeling, it is healthy to also allow them time mm -hmm. to catch up mm -hmm. to where we already are. Because we are essentially expecting that as soon as I express to you how I feel, what I feel, what you did, and how what you did affected me, I'm expressing you to hurry up and be at the 50 yard line with right. me because I didn't already dissected what I feel, <laughs> why I feel it, what you did. And so we're expecting for them to hurry up and run from the end zone to the 50. The 50 is far. Facts. The 50 is not easy to get to, especially if you think about it. Hold on. Not me having like a whole scheme. <laughs> not me I... having a whole scheme for football. <laughs> and with the punch, the 50 is far, bro. Yeah, like, look. Yeah. And then you got all of the other football players that's trying not to allow you to get to the 50. So they trying to tackle you, right? So those are like the, but I did this. And I didn't mean it that way. And that wasn't my attention. That's constantly keeping you back from getting to the 50, which is the understanding, the apology. Mm -hmm. You have all the things that you have to wrestle through before you can even, even get to the 50 with me. Mm -hmm. So when we are expressing how we feel to somebody, we have to allow them to work through the obstacles that will naturally come up mm -hmm. before they can arrive to the 50 yard line with us fully hear us, fully understand us, and then us be able to move into the other side of the touchdown. Mm. I'm killing this shit. And, and let, let, me, um, let me tag team with you, right? So the, the tacklers, the opposing um, team, yeah. once the information comes in, mind you, I'm just gonna speak from the man's perspective, very logic based. So y'all y'all calculate in ways that sometimes we're not able to emotionally. Right. A lot of times we do so on the end of logic. So when you give an equation to your man, especially if it has to do with him potentially hurting you, which we're about to get into, mm -hmm. 
the tacklers, the will-be tacklers that may p- prevent us from receiving the message is our personal understanding of what you're saying, this surge of information that's now coming in attached to the potential spark that could blow up into the fire. How did I hurt you? Like, I'm, right. I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Like, I don't get how I hurt you in this situation. So you got his own understanding, his history, how he would perceive or ha- ha- handled or felt about the situation on top of what you're actually saying to him that you would have liked him to do better or different. It's a overwhelming and sometimes underappreciated surge of information when you do give it to that man or woman. Yeah, and I like that because if you think about you attempting to meet me at the 50, but you have all of these football players trying to attack you, they're trying to attack you. They're trying to stop you. They're trying to, and it feels like an attack. So it's like you got all of these darts of information coming towards you and you also have to decipher, am I being attacked right now? Like, do I have to defend myself right now? Um, Mm. Is this certain things where it's like, nah, like I ain't gotta let that one take me out. Let that nigga rock. Right. I had to for my battle rap fans, she going off right now, my bad. So it's so much that they are having to decide if it's necessary to feel or not feel feel attacked or Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, I can ease my way down this, you know, to this 50 to meet her. So it's a process. And so when we express what we feel to anyone, but specifically our partners, we do have to allow them to naturally go through that process. Mm. Um, Before you uh, express the details of what happened, are there any ways you would communicate to people? Like if somebody was in front of us right now, like, I I get that. How would you, um, communicate suggest yeah how was how would you suggest we go about giving them time to catch up right so that looks like releasing expectation because Mm -hmm. typically is i just told you that you hurt my feelings you need to apologize Mm -hmm. you need to acknowledge what you did acknowledge what i said and apologize Mm -hmm. that is so quick it's so fast it's so to the point and so once we've acknowledged what we feel and we've expressed what we feel the healthiest way that I have learned in our relationship that seems to um, seems to sound like it's going to work for us is to also express I understand that this may be a lot for you to take in or that this could be a lot for you to take in if you need time to process this to catch up to what I'm saying take your time and I would even say not even if suggest Take your time. Even if you feel like you got the best possible response, it's so much information. Just do your due diligence. If you need five minutes, please right. go take five, ten minutes, an hour, and just sit with it before we actually get into the crux of what we're about to talk about. Yeah, yeah because sometimes it's like, nah, let's talk about it now. Right. But then we have to recognize who just said that. Mm-hmm. What version of you just said, nah, let's talk about it now. Is it the one that's like, nope, because I already got this point and this point. You've already tallied the points, the scores in your head about how you are about to diminish those points that your partner just had. That's the one that's ready to rush into the conversation. Mm -hmm. The one that is calm, that is still, that is patient because the conversation is not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Let me sit with what you said. Let me see how what you said resonates with my spirit, Mm -hmm. how it makes me feel, what comes up for me. Let me actually process it. If we're talking about healing, growing, and evolving, and processing emotional trauma or processing emotions in general, 
you don't just understand them you have to process them a lot of us are processing emotions from years ago still to this day emotional trauma still to this day and it doesn't just happen within that day or within that week sometimes it takes years to process how you actually feel from mm -hmm. one situation so if someone is bringing a conversation to you that makes them feel uncomfortable the way that you really show that you love that person is you take your time to fully mm -hmm. process what that did for you what that made you feel so when you do go back to the conversation it can be a mature mm -hmm. and emotionally intelligent conversation where both people have done their due diligence to actually sit with the information and not rush to a solution or rush to forgiveness to make the other person feel better or just to appease their ego. And just like with, you know, battle rap rebuttals, like somebody say something slick to you in battle rap, and as they're even still in the midst of their verse, yeah. if you are a good rebuttaler, you are already thinking of your response and how you could flip what they said. So I speak for myself, but I know a lot of people could probably relate to this, especially probably a lot of men. As y'all are indicating what you would like us to do better or different, a lot of times we perceive that as we are not enough. I've done a great job with healing through that, but sometimes that residue is wrapped up into it, especially when I hear my wife is hurt based on something I did. It's not a matter of me wanting to dismantle what you said, but I'm kind of navigating through this also for myself, like, yo, I just hurt my wife like that don't make me feel good. So before you even complete your thought and lay out what you need to lay out, I'm already doing rebuttals. So I'm not even fully 100% hearing everything, the energy, the emotion underneath what you're trying to say because I'm already kind of picking apart the argument in my head going to what I'm going to say in response. So when you say what we say, give your time, your partner time to download and process what you said. We gotta. We may need to indicate that before we even start to give. I need you to do better or do this differently before we even start saying it. Indicate to your partner. Don't do rebuttals right now. Right. Really listen to me. Really hear me. Let this. Let me get this out before you start to calculate your responses. Because a lot of times we kind of trying to do both at the same time. Yeah. And so, um, back to the the story of how everything unfolded. He booked his hair appointment. I was leaving uh, the next day, or his haircut. I'll yeah, say my, that. don't My call bad. It hair appointment. My bad. <laughs> I ain't getting no bobs out here. <laughs> Not bobs. <laughs> <laughs> So he booked his haircut and I was ha having my flight for the next day. And so I just, you know, let him know. I sent him a text message because sometimes texting is a different form of communication um, that can make things a little easier or lighter mm -hmm. when you aren't prepared for verbal communication. And we've agreed to that mode when we need it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When we need it. And then when we need to come out of it, we express it's time to actually use our words. And so I just text him and told him that. It hurt my feelings that he booked his uh, haircut. haircut. <laughs> um, and I felt I would have liked if he considered me more and thought about my transportation, you know, considered taking me to the airport, mm -hmm. that I would need him to take me to the airport. And so for me, and I left it at that. I let him know I wasn't mad at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but it did hurt my feelings and I just wanted to express that. And I, I left it at that. And so when I sent that message, I felt something in my spirit that said, this is very open-ended hmm. and I sent it anyway, 
maybe because I was still processing my emotion and what I actually felt because my feelings were hurt, but I didn't ask for anything after that. It was just, I'm expressing what I wanna express. Now I wrote in my book, there's a part in the opening of my book where when my mom raised me, one of the things that she taught me how to do is to express when my feelings are hurt. And I was very young, probably like four years old. And she always told me if someone hurts your feelings, then you are allowed to say that that hurts your feelings. And so my mom ended up going to rehab and I was living with my dad for a short period of time. And I was like four years old. And uh, I remember Barney was on TV and I think he was like rushing me to go to school or something like that. I don't know. But I told I started crying and I told him like that hurt my feelings. And he said, what? That hurt your feelings. And I wrote in the book that I could tell he was just kind of confused. Like he just didn't know what to do with that information. And I wrote in my book that I was trained to tell people when my feelings were hurt, but I was not coached into how to receive their how they receive when I tell them that my feelings are hurt, if they don't have the capacity to receive it. So I knew how to tell people, hey, my feelings are hurt, but I didn't know what to do when they didn't know how to receive that they hurt my feelings. And in this moment where I had the ability to tell you, you know, you hurt my feelings, mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do after that. Like it was kind of mm -hmm. just there, Which most of us don't. Open-ended. So it's like, do you ask for an apology? Do you state what you need? Like, where do you go from there with this open-ended? And so from that, you gave your response. And his response was accountability. It was like, okay, next time I'll make sure I do it. I just, you know, didn't think that it was something that, you know, you would need in this moment or whatever the case was. But it was accountability it wasn't what I needed. It was what, how he chose to respond, but it wasn't the response that I needed. You want to chime in? I want to, I was uh, scrolling to find the actual yeah. initiation, but I think it's important even in the verbiage and all of that. For sure. So um, she realized maybe an hour prior to her actually sending this to me and I was doing other stuff. I, I couldn't pick up on if her energy had shifted or not. I had no idea um, what she felt, but she said, baby, I'm not upset, capital letters, at all right already bringing down my defense system mm -hmm. to a certain degree you are excellent at doing that right baby i'm not upset at all but just wanted to express my feelings are a little hurt about the airport and even as i'm reading that it's not as open-ended like mm -hmm. you kind of now that we have the technology and the language of what we're about to talk about with the, sure. the five steps but you did indicate i wanted to just express my feeling mm -hmm. right but in my mind, oh, you hurt? Not mad at you, it's like, I'm hurt that you feel hurt. So why she feel hurt? And I'm already going through my due diligence just reading this. Um, baby, I'm not upset at all. Uh, just wanted to express my feelings are a little hurt about the airport. I wish before you booked your haircut this morning, you'd consider me needing you to take me to the airport. So I wouldn't have had to go super early or Uber. Um, Ubers are already really expensive in LA, so I didn't expect to have to take an additional one. All valid, perfect, mm -hmm. right? My response, and, and I'm- But mm -hmm. you see that it is still a little open-ended mm -hmm. because it's like, I just didn't expect to have to spend the extra mm -hmm. expenses. So it's like, okay, mm -hmm. where, where do we go from right. here? It's still a little open. Right, and at this point, I'm Gucci. I don't feel no type of way, no right. nothing, but 
my logic, my masculine energy is now kind of bypassing the emotional quotient of it. Mm. I'm already going to resolution, right? Mm. So my response got you. This is so funny. Right. (laughs) That's why I felt like we needed to actually go to it. Um, My response got you, comma. Didn't think you was going to need me uh, being you hadn't said anything. But next time I'll ask regardless. Right. And my response was. "Mm." (laughs) Right. Because there's a there's pretty much a precedent of if either of us has to go to the airport, um, we'll take each other if we need to. We have, of course, we two different people, though. We have different ways of going about things. And some of the, you know, that the feminine energy, um, I'm going to always give you two days prior to just make sure you ain't got nothing going on. That may may not always be the case. In this moment, I didn't know what was going on, and I was able to take accountability later in that conversation. Even with me not knowing, go the extra step. Are you sure you don't need me to take, take you to the airport? I was able to take accountability for that. But I had went straight to the resolution, and I kind of skipped the part where she said my feelings was hurt. Even in my response, I got you, resolution, sorry. No indication of me having respect and appreciation for holding your heart that that hurt your feelings. Even if I felt like I wasn't wrong or anything like that, that's what you was asking of me in that moment. So you gave me half of it by telling me I just want to express myself that my feelings was hurt, but the open-endedness was what do you want me to do with that data? You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, and so it was... And this is why processing is important because then you also should break down, well, why are your feelings hurt? Is it just the airport? And it's also, and I don't even think we spoke about that, there's a lot of expectation that's wrapped in that about what I need to feel protected and provided for. And so I think there was a part of me that was looking forward to um, my husband Mm -hmm. making sure where you going? What time you going to get there? Do you need me to take you to the airport? Like being there to make sure that I'm just taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so the part of me that was like, you didn't got your hair. You booked an appointment, get your mm-hmm. haircut. You ain't even asked me to go to the airport. So like the part of where I just wanted to be like taken care of. I wanted to feel like a wife. I wanted to feel not necessarily like a wife, but like a a kept wife like you know just that type of provision instead of actually expressing that that's what I was looking for Mm -hmm. there was an expectation that it was already present Mm -hmm. um so this is where women come in and we want our men to be mind readers Mm -hmm. instead of just setting the precedent of expressing that this is something that I've never been able to experience before and that I would like for you to do for me Mm -hmm. or ways that I would like for you to show up for me and after you've kind of taught somebody how you want to be loved in this particular area because you love me perfectly in our whole life it's not always that I'm catching a flight right so this is a very nuanced area where I want to feel taken care of a very specific way Mm -hmm. so I didn't even have the vocabulary in that first statement to express why my feelings were hurt I just had to rest on the fact that oh you booked your appointment instead of you know asking if I needed to go to the airport but it was really wrapped up in I just wanted to feel provided for in these particular ways and I didn't have the vocabulary to express that. Mm-hmm. And if I had sat with how I felt a little bit longer, then maybe I would have had the vocabulary to actually express all of the nuances mm-hmm. that I needed. And then 
all of the things that happened later on in the story when mm-hmm. it had to happen. <laughs> right. And when we went from uh, that point of what I read to y'all, then we kind of got into the conversation of the precedent, the history, and um, I was able to express part of my decision making. Well, part of my issue, I guess, was you used the word I didn't consider you or the phrase I didn't consider you. From my perspective, I did. Of course, I was able to take accountability. I, I could have went to a higher level that I may not have recognized in that moment. But the logical aspect of the masculine mind played out in this way where I remember being on the toilet, <laughs> doing my thing, and I'm calculating before I even booked the haircuts. Well, she hasn't said anything to me. I assumed that she wasn't going to need me. She may have factored in, you know, I got mighty, this, that, and the third. So all of these things was my consideration of how I was supposed to handle that moment, of course, in ways she didn't see. So when she brought it to me, I did understand I probably should have just double-checked. Right. Um, but part of that was my my stance of I'll give you two to three days before I ask you, um, can you take me to the airport? And there have been times where I have asked her, not many at all. It's way more times where she does take me to and fro. But there have been times where I've asked, she's agreed and at the last minute something comes up and she can't take me. In some of those moments, for a brief second, I felt the way and pushed through it. So when she she kind of gave it to me, all these different parameters and information are going through my mind. The crux of it is I did consider you, but you're telling me I didn't consider you at all. And that's what kind of what we talk about with the absolute negatives. Um, in that moment, there was a validity to both sides. I didn't consider you in the highest level of how a husband is supposed to, but there was consideration in me calculating the fact that she didn't say anything to me. She may understand my here, so it may not be a big deal to her. Like it really didn't go beyond that level of consideration for me. I didn't think it was going to be a thing until you brought it to me. So that was kind of a stalemate going back and forth from that consideration piece. But a lot of that had to do with how I may necessarily do things that may be different from her. What my needs may be that's different from her. And in, in these moments, we're not trying to say who's right or wrong. We're trying to match these things in the best possible way. So that kind of turned into us realizing towards the end of the conversation, it turned into a beautiful like epiphany that, like you said, it can't just be the indication of what I need. It can't be just the expression of what I feel. We got to tell our partner what we want them to, to do with that information. So we, we came up with something that I have coined and I put up a post yesterday kind of prefacing this conversation. But it's the difference between open-ended relationship requests and direct desire expressions. We only are doing half of the work when we say, I feel this way, and don't tell our partner what we want them to do with it. Before I go into the five, did you want to add anything in based on what I just said? Yeah, because... A lot of what I recognize when we get into those spaces and I constantly say, like, how did we get here? Why are we talking about this? Why does this matter? Like, what does this have to do with the initial topic? And so I'm the person where just acknowledge what I said (laughs) and all of the other things, it don't feel like we have to go to those places. Um, And so I'm also the type of person, if I say something, and one of the things with me is I've never felt safe enough to actually express how I feel. Mm-hmm. If I finally express to you how I feel and you don't receive it, I'm not going to express how I feel anymore. Mm-hmm. I've always been that person because I see you don't have the capacity. And so it's painful 
for me to continue to try to finally open up and express how I feel. And then when it's time for me to do that, I have to go through so many hoops to continue to just, I'm just trying to express how I feel. So to a large degree, if I'm trying to express how I feel, but then there's a trigger word for him, it kind of backtracks me being able to express how I feel. And now we have, now we're, we're on the trigger word and trying to detonate. Mm-hmm. Um, or is that the right word? Detonate? Mm-hmm. Well, no, um, we're diffuse. trying to diffuse yeah. the trigger word. And so in conversation in general, I think it's very important to remember that communication and people say all the time like communication is key and then you'll hear some people say well comprehension is key Mm. and we have to just think about on all levels communication is just not natural it is not natural because there's so many different ways and you communicate differently i communicate differently and so to a large degree for you to be able to hear me and for me to be able to hear you, you have to change how you naturally communicate. So And listen. And listen so you can receive what I'm trying to say, so I can receive what you're trying to say. And to a large degree, it isn't fair because we're forcing and molding somebody into who they aren't naturally just so they can hear us and appease us. So we have to remember that communication just naturally using our words to try to use in conversation to understand or love one another is already just so not natural. Right. It forces us to go into places that are like, okay, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to say this like this for you. I'm going to listen like this for you. Even like sometimes like I'm very expressive with my facial expressions. I, I remember when I was in the sixth grade, I got a, I got um, <laughs> written up and sent to the office <laughs> because I, oh, I stayed in the office. I was a class clown. The teacher wrote on my write up, Candace was being uh, talkative and disrespectful. And when I told her to stop talking, she gave me the rock's eyebrow. And I was like, what? But I've always been expressive with my face. So in our moments where we're having like, you know, our, our, our disagreements, he's like, yo, look at your face. Mm-hmm. And that's how I naturally am when mm-hmm. I'm processing emotion. It's not towards a person. They're literally getting to see the emotions process on my face in real time. And that's how my body naturally responds. And it's not sinister. But to have conversation with some people, you can't do that. So to a large degree, it is forcing yourself to not even be yourself to try to communicate so another person can receive you the proper way. And that feels unnatural Mm -hmm. in many ways. So that's why we have the situations where everyone's trying to get their point across or they're trying to be heard or they're afraid they're not going to be heard because they're recognizing no I'm I'm conforming this is not who I am I want to just say how I feel and that is not always received especially if you want a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. so I think it's even healthier to start at the groundwork of understanding that I am altering how I communicate to appease you because I love you and understand that that is not the easiest thing for me. I understand that it is also not the easiest thing for you. And this is us trying our best to meet in the middle. And it may be necessary for us to take notes along the way, cause mm. I might forget this shit. Right. 
it's not natural for me. This is natural Man, for you. What did I do? I literally got right. my notebook out. Yeah. As we started going over, like, you know, the things and energies will calm down and we started just talking. I started saying a lot of things. You know what? When I sent you that message, it was pretty open-ended. This is what I could have said differently. This is what I could have added that could have been better that may not have opened these different doors. And so we'll get into the five. And I think the first thing that I said was, in the first message that I sent, I should have gave an instruction on what I needed, Mm -hmm. which would have looked like, I just want to express that my feelings are hurt. And I said that, but the ending part was, should have been, or could have looked like, I don't need a response. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to express that this is what I feel. And this is an emotion that I'm working through. It doesn't need a further conversation. It doesn't need further analysis. I just wanted to express that this is what is on my heart right now. Another part could have been, I would like to know um, more of what your thought process was Mm -hmm. and why didn't you you know, mm-hmm. consider me because that was the word that I used. Um, and we also recognize that consideration felt differently or mm-hmm. looked differently in his in his defense. He did consideration in his way. Mm-hmm. And my idea of consideration sounded like my husband actually asking me, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Do you need to go to the airport? What time are you going to be there? Who are you going to be with? Like those are the things. So even those small nuances in communication, they matter. And so the next question would have been, you know, what do I need? Do I need anything to come from this? Do I need you to fix it? Do I need an apology? Do I need a solution? Do I need you to say anything? Mm. Right. And if you feel something, maybe let's talk about it later. But right now, I just want to share how I feel or being open and saying, I do just want to share how I feel right now. But I do want to know, like, if you want to add on to this conversation, let's pick a time later together so we can finish the conversation properly. Because you may have opposing thoughts or opposing emotions to what I feel. And I don't want to close you off to expressing that. But if I don't have the capacity to receive what you may have to say, I need to have the instructions on what I expect to come from me expressing what I finally said. And you was able to communicate that in that moment that, you don't have the capacity at this point in your journey to do both. And what I mean by both, when I mention the absolute negative, these are the terms, the phrases, the words that we use that kind of draw the line in the sand. So when she was communicated, communicating to me that I didn't consider her, that's absolute. There was no consideration from her perspective, which of course is still valid. That's her POV, which I still need to be open to hearing out. From my POV, that hurt my feelings because when I expressed to her that, yes, I didn't probably go to the highest level. I'm going to you know, rectify that going forward. Like I said in my first message going forward, even when I feel like you may not need me, I'm going to double check. So I was able to see that particular aspect. But when I started to explain to her where I was coming from, the consideration I did go through when I was calculating if I was going to book the haircuts and thinking she don't need me and this, that, and the third, that was you know, kind of where we stalemated because she had given me her hurt. And now we are in a moment where some of the verbiage she used, like you said, was triggering for me. And I was trying to communicate that to you as well as explain what was going on in my mind in a moment where you didn't ask for explanation. So that absolute negative is kind of like grading half the test when we do it, right? You may mark somebody, they get out of 10 questions, they get seven wrong. 
but they get they did get three right. So when we do use that absolute negative, it's almost as if, damn, I ain't do nothing right in this. That wasn't consideration at all. So we was kind of getting caught up on that. But that took us to the degree where you was able to express. I don't have the capacity. I don't have the desire at this point to do both at the same time. When I give you my hurt, when you come back with your own hurt, it confuses me. I get convoluted. I kind of lose my bearing and what I would like to say. So I don't have that capacity or desire at this juncture when she was able to like further communicate that to me. That was that took time to process for me because I'm somebody who my whole life I've had to and I guess gotten good at doing both. I'll express myself and somebody will tell me how that hurts me and I'm open to juggling those. She's not open to that right now. So initially that was a hit, but I can still understand and I can handle that. If we can't do both at the same time, that's cool. You're not saying you never want to talk about it. I'm just expressing to you, I don't have the desire to do both of those things at the same time. That was something that came a lot more into clarity for me in that moment as we navigated through it. And it helped me to realize that, like you said, if you did give me the other half of the data, what you wanted me to do at that point, I realized as much as I may want to, I don't need to explain myself right now. I don't need to say I got three out of the 10 right. I did consider you in this way in this particular moment. You may need to do that later, but right now the request is for one of these particular highways that we're about to get into. So some you also have to indicate or communicate with your partner what they have the capacity to do. Some people going to be able to juggle both. Some people not going to be able to do that or want to do that. You got to figure out where y'all are in that equation. Yeah, because I think like, you know, for me, when I am... So what happens typically in our communication where the breakdown comes in is I will express how, for example, something makes me feel. And then um, if there is a part of that that makes him feel a way, he'll express how that makes him feel. Mm -hmm. And so it takes us to a place to where me having sovereignty over my own emotion and declaring when I don't have the capacity to soothe you in this moment because I'm soothing myself and being okay with I'm finally expressing how I feel. I don't have the capacity to hold how you feel right now in this moment because I just need to get out what I'm feeling right now in this moment. So when we do go into that space, it's like I end up saying how I feel and then diffusing how I didn't attempt to make you feel how you felt and it's like no I'm just going to express how I feel and it's easier for me to allow how I feel to fully process mm -hmm. if I own my space mm -hmm. and owning my space also looks like having the directive of how I can own my space right. which looks like I just need you to hold space for me. Right. I just need you to hear what I have to say. I just need to express what I have to say. I am open to a conversation. I don't need an explanation. I do need an explanation. I would like for us to talk about this later. That gives me the sovereignty to be able to fully process how I feel without all of the extra nuances mm -hmm. coming in that's now confusing me right. about how I feel because now I'm taking into consideration how you feel mm -hmm. which is not me being able to process how I fully feel right. and so I recognize in that moment of conversation I don't have the capacity to hold what I feel because I'm finally giving myself out right. of like 33 years yeah, you fresh into it giving myself permission to actually express how I feel 
I can't express how I feel and hold how you feel at the same time. And I, and I had kind of had to recalibrate my perspective of that because initially it's like I felt silenced. I felt like I couldn't say what I needed to say in some of these moments. I felt like it didn't matter. But when I had more clarity, when we was able to give each other more information, I understand you fresh into that journey. You just starting to be able to do this. But then it, not even just about me being fresh into the journey. I just think it's healthy for the person who is bringing absolutely. the topic yeah. to because I never wanted to be a well I feel this way because you feel this way mm-hmm. um I wanted to be a you know this is just how I feel let, let that marinate mm-hmm. you know let me if you are apologizing let the apology fully marinate mm-hmm. so not so much just because like you know I'm new into you know the conflict era but just because I just want to sit with how I feel mm-hmm. by myself. Right, and so I had to realize it wasn't a matter of what I felt not being valid just because I'm not able to express it in the actual exchange. It's not effective for how you communicate, express, and hear. So that whole uh, injustice that sometimes we feel when we lay these things out, which I, I expressed in that moment, some of that was there, but I was able to see the clarity beyond what the feeling was. Like, you know what? That does actually make sense, and I can understand that. I can bend in that direction going forward because you're not telling me you don't care about how I feel. I just don't got the capacity or desire to juggle all that information all at the same time, which is extremely understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then we were able to get to the bottom of other things like trigger words. Mm-hmm which we're still identifying what trigger words, mm-hmm. you know, what what comes up. And so I was able to identify, you know, that consideration, absolute, but mm-hmm. um, at all, mm-hmm. uh, consideration didn't, yeah. didn't you mm-hmm. know, like just certain things that can be triggering. And then trying to figure out like, how do we speak about those triggering things without feeling like we're walking on eggshells? Right. And so, that was another part that we had to you know really mm-hmm. get through too because i want you to fully express how you feel i want to fully express how i feel but i don't want to feel like i got to walk on eggshells mm-hmm. because it's certain words that may trigger you or certain words that may trigger me which also comes back to sometimes your trigger is your work to do mm-hmm. sometimes your trigger is just a natural word that your partner uses or maybe a word that may be triggering for you may be a word that is not necessary to be used. Mm-hmm. And so you right. both will have to figure yeah. out, you know what, maybe because this is a common word. Right. Maybe I need to do some work around unpacking what this word means to me based on what I've experienced in my past. Maybe it has absolutely nothing to do with you. And maybe your partner is like, no, nah, I can look up another vocabulary word to use instead of that one because i see how this word can lead us in a whole nother direction Mm -hmm. and it may not be necessary to use that word this is how specific conversation gets when we're getting into communication right and it may not just be the actual language it could be the big eyes expressive eyes which you communicated i'm i don't feel no way towards you docs when i do that we was kind of able to meet in the middle because you did still understand how that could be um, a lot of energy, which I could be misconstruing. And I was also able to give you grace and understanding when you do that. It don't mean you shooting fire out of your eyes through me. So sometimes when I may remind you, it's not the same spark of energy it used to be before we had that conversation. Yeah. I just remind you, Yo, you're doing it right now. Right. You're like, right, I got you. Exactly. Um, so with that being said, the five things, and this is a good place I think to end off on, um, it's like highways. When you start to get away from the open-endedness to those direct desire expressions, 
you get in the car when you start to express to your partner what it is you need or want them to do differently. And y'all driving. But at a certain point, y'all got to have a direction. Y'all got to know where to go. So these five different things Perfect are... analogy. Yeah, these five different things are a huge part of emotional regulation as a person in any relationship, but especially in romantic relationships. So like you've already indicated, in that moment, the highway you wanted me to get off with you on was just emotional acknowledgement. You ain't need, you didn't want no explanation. You didn't need to dig into how I felt about it yet. All you needed in response before I said got you and went straight to fixing and going forward, I do this, was for me to hold your heart in that moment and say, I acknowledge that I hurt your feelings. You wasn't even asking for an apology or nothing like that. Right. You just wanted me to recognize I feel away right now. That was it. Yeah. Had I been able to understand that in that moment, had you helped me do that with the extra information, Ain't no argument. Had I oh, said I, that. I, I got you. Yeah. I acknowledge your feelings is hurt, and maybe that turns into a conversation an hour or a day later. But in this moment, I can hold your heart and acknowledge what you feel emotionally. Right. right? A lot of what we share with each other, not just us, but in general, really is emotional acknowledgement. I feel like that's the biggest one of right. these highways we're about to go through. Yeah. Anything you want to throw in? Yeah, I, th- I think that was pretty much it. If I would have said, this is what I need, then I could have gotten that. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I, because I didn't, it went in so many other different ways. Obviously, it was necessary for us to be able to have our breakdown on what works best for us in communication now and still adding to that Bible. Mm. But if you have an issue, you are kind of the person that is the driver and you are determining which direction y'all going to go in. So you have the issue. Tell the person you're speaking to what you actually need Mm -hmm. or you're going to have to deal with their assumption of what they think you need. And so he gave me his explanation. And then I'm like, I didn't ask for an explanation. I don't want that. So (laughs) now we button heads because he's like, well, what else you want me to do? And so all I had to say was, I just want you to acknowledge my feelings are hurt. That would have stopped all of that. So I am the one that kind of led us in a different direction because I didn't have no map. Right. And men, masculine energy. Um, Some women is masculine energy dominant as well. But we always just think resolution is supposed to be the end all be all. Like I came up with a game plan. I heard you. I said going forward, I'm going to do this. What are we talking about? But now that I understand there's different nuances and different requests, I got way more appreciation for how broad a scope that is beyond just fix it, right? Mm. Um, so emotional acknowledgement is the first highway. Second, and it's good to preface, even before you start to give that person, now with this language and this technology, go, going forward, I can preface, this is going to be a number one. This is going to be emotional acknowledgement. Right. before. So you already know how to approach the situation before we even get in the car. Yep. And on mm-hmm. top of that, if I say... I just need to express how I feel. You don't have to do the mental gymnastics as because as you read in the message or as someone saying something to you, you already have energy that's building up in some type of way. And so if someone already says, I just need to express how I feel, you don't have to have anything, no armor putting on because you already know, oh, okay, she just wanted to express right. how she feels. And then you can move you on move about on. your day. Yeah. And that freed me up too because in the midst of the back and forth before we got here, one of the things I was saying was, well, when it w- the shoe was on my foot, I felt the way for a split second, but I got through it. That's expectation. That's me so, uh, superimposing on you how I handle things and expecting you right. to do it the same way. But it also freed me up retroactively. Now, in those moments, I can say some of these things because right. I'm not necessarily 
harping on it has to be a resolution or anything is broken i felt the way for a split second i could say that to you now mm-hmm. so this has opened up my heart in certain ways where i don't have to even they don't fester but there are little things in the course of a long-term relationship a marriage where it's like that's not deep i don't even got to say that now we can say that and it not be world war three it just be an emotional acknowledgement yeah i think it's healthy to say that because i, I saw a quote years ago and it said that you you don't have to win every war mm. knowing which wars are not necessary to participate in mm. and i think if you're able to f- just express how you feel and just kind of like the partner is like okay you just need to express it mm-hmm. i don't have to hold on to it right. he doesn't have to hold on to it it is a mental note maybe next time you know now to do something right. differently but when we start to hold on to those things mm-hmm. then in moments like this yeah facts. right those things type of start to happen and i think everybody does that like right. they just hold on to extremely small things instead of just holding space to share like i just want to share how yeah. I felt. and our system nothing is registered that small so yeah, yeah absolutely right. so the second highway understanding slash explanation in the same scenario has she wanted more than just the emotional acknowledgement if she had the capacity communicate i i do want to hear your logic your logistics or how you came to you know not factor that in or how you still perceive that as consideration that wasn't one of those moments where you needed that so we got to be able to indicate okay let's get off on highway number two i do have the capacity and want to hear what you uh thought about this particular situation yeah and i think the other part of that too is now you have to have some level of discernment because you're not about to just say no outlandish stuff and then say, but I don't want to hear what you got to say. <laughs> like, Facts. that's not fair. Facts. Right. So <laughs> remember, as we make these rules, this is for emotionally healthy relationships or relationships that are attempting to be emotionally healthy um, with not resting in ego. So that means that if you bring up something to where you know your partner is going to you know, want to have some type of input um, or share their perspective or their side. No, you may not have the capacity to hear it right then. And that is okay. You don't have to hear it right then. You can sit in how you feel and process how you feel by yourself. But if you know that this is a conversation that may need more added to it or another perspective that your partner may want to give, leave the door open for more conversation to happen even if it's later on in in that day an hour later before y'all go to bed or the next day but don't shut that person down just because you're like oh i said what i had to say right we're not doing that (laughs) i felt like i had too much stash on i I didn't want them to think i had (laughs) hoochie daddy shorts he does have a pair of hoochie daddy shorts that are fire Mm -hmm. all right so we got the two highways so far the third highway is expression and we don't mean from the the pov of the person who's initiating or get telling us to get in the car with this communication we mean the opposing expression so if you was in that capacity you will have also indicated i'm cool with highway number three and i have the capacity to acknowledge how my verbiage or this situation may have also hurt you Again, if you don't have that capacity or you're not in that space, it's okay to table that for a second, for an hour, for a day or whatever that is. So you can do the best job at communicating what you need to, gathering your energy, gathering your space so you can 
be ripe and prime to really hear the opposing expression from your partner. And it don't mean like I thought it meant that you don't care or that I have to silence myself or nothing like that. You want to give me the best you can in that moment when I do express myself. And you do that by clearly getting everything out you want to do first. So that opposing expression is the third highway. Yeah. And really, if you think about it, once you take that time to fully process what you were mad about in that moment or the energy you had in that moment, five hours later, that energy starts to dissipate. Right. You didn't probably smile. Right. You didn't probably laugh throughout mm -hmm. that time. So now when you come back to the conversation because you fully processed how you felt and you gave your partner the time to do it as mm -hmm. well, now when you come back to express yourself, the energy isn't so heightened. You're not in that same space anymore. Yeah, yeah you regulate it again. Yeah. Um, fourth highway. Apology. We went through three highways before we even got to the apology conversation. A lot of people think is straight to this. And a lot of times this is not necessary or it could even be to a degree where it's detrimental. When you're too quick to the apology, you may miss some of the, the nuances on why I feel the need for you to apologize. Go ahead. Yeah, because one thing when you rush to an apology, it's like you just apologize and you ain't really hear me. I need to feel right. your apology. And then let that let me sit with that apology. Let me allow that to resonate in my heart that you just apologized. If you rush to your apology, it doesn't feel authentic and it doesn't feel genuine. And a person can pick up on that. They can pick up on the energy mm -hmm. behind that. And so if you really want to hear somebody, if you really want to acknowledge how they feel, and if you do feel like an apology is a part of that process, apologize and allow them to have their moment in that apology mm. without rushing to an explanation ask them do you have capacity to hear an explanation do you have a capacity to hear uh, my intention because that that wasn't my intention people right. will do that my intention you to death okay <laughs> and you have to allow people to know when there's a time and when there's a place for that yeah, um, I have processing styles that I work with a lot of my couples on. I had put up a post about it probably last year. At some point, I'm going to do an ebook on it. But one of the what well, processing styles is I knee jerk automatic response to unbalanced communication. Um, so if we don't have these type of mechanisms in place, we usually go to one of the eight I have listed. I'm not going to go through them all. But number two is the shutdowner. A lot of times our apologies are actually us shutting down, shutting down. And how I describe the shutdown and processing style is where you kind of give up in the midst of the exchange. You may be exhausted. You may feel like you're not effectively saying it or your partner isn't effectively hearing it. So you just kind of give up. So a lot of times in my previous relationships, I'd be like, all right, y'all, you got it. You right. My bad. Right. And I would do it in a way where it wasn't so like just overt. I don't care. It would kind of mask the fact that I don't feel like continuing to do this. So I'm just going to shut down and I'm going to offer you this apology in a way where I still haven't really heard what you have to say. I don't feel hurt. It's just to appease you. And that type of apology is going to turn into even more turmoil down the line. So you even got to question the, the intent uh, of even when you do apologize. But highway number four is apology. And then the last highway, we got through. we went through four different options before we got to resolution. Right. Last highway is resolution. So a lot of times y'all probably not going to need to go through all of this in one setting. You got to be able to determine which one is most important for, for men. We always think resolution, like I said, is the end all be all. It's four other options before you even get to is resolution what you need for me in this particular moment. Do you need me to fix it yet? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important 
again, to know to ask for what you need. You need to know what you need. What do you expect to come from this conversation? If you go back to the message that I first wrote, it was just so open-ended. It's like, okay, so what do I do with this? Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, I'm going to explain. And it wasn't necessary to explain. So if we want a resolution, we need to ask for it. Mm -hmm. If you want an apology, ask for your apology. If you want an understanding, ask for understanding. If you just want somebody to listen, and we say this all the time when it comes to our clients, like when they are about to have a conversation with someone, you preface what you need. When people are like, I don't, I don't think I can talk to certain people, they right. always try to give me advice. And it's like, well, maybe you should preface the conversation. I'm not looking for advice. Mm. I'm not looking for a resolution. I just need a friend that I can speak to that can hear me and just allow me to vent mm. without giving me any advice. Just hold me when I finish. Hold my hand as I express what I feel. When you can acknowledge what you need and express to a person what you need, you're way further in getting what you need and then when you don't have that vocabulary to be able to express what you need, you have to assume that they know how to assume what to give you in exchange. Right. So for highway number five, cold word, Aaliyah, what that mean? We need a resolution. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So understanding this, y'all, I have a much better game plan um, for understanding what is needed. Like you just said, being able to preface, remind, and use that as an incubator to hold these difficult conversations that don't got to be as difficult as we made them i skipped a lot of steps and in my initial response to you it wasn't sinister it didn't make me a bad guy i wasn't being mean but i skipped emotional acknowledgement um i never we didn't have this language yet but hindsight being 2020 i would have if she didn't give it to me i would have asked which highway you want me to get off on with you and i would have understood the resolution wasn't going to mean anything without that emotional acknowledgement, which is all you was actually asking for in that moment. So I think these can be very, we think these can be very helpful tools for people. And that's the thing, like we have read our fair share of books. A lot of the information that we are able to offer to other people comes from our own life, our own relationship, our own trial and error. These aren't things we just pulling out of the back of a page, back of a book of somebody right. else's um, uh, journey or experience we like really have to dig into the depths of our own imbalances and blind spots to be able to bring these things back to you by the time we got to the point where i had took out my notebook i'm like yo this is genius right. <laughs> we like damn so when you really are open to your own healing it becomes healing for other people as well that's facts because we had just went from having this knockdown drag out, like, <laughs> and then it's like oh no nah, this is actually teachable like right. I'm learning so much from this. And right. then you started taking notes. And that goes to when people are like, y'all share too much. Y'all are too transparent. It's like, do you see what we just uncovered? Right. Like, we just wrote our own Bible of communication. We began our Bible of communication and are still adding to that. Right. Why wouldn't we share that transparency and show other people, like, this is what we're doing mm. that feels good to us. Maybe it'll feel good to you. Maybe you can create your own Bible of communication. Maybe you can sit down with your partner and write out the list of words that are trigger words for you and maybe alternate words that you can exactly. use to change so you don't have to go down certain unnecessary avenues in conversation. Why wouldn't we share this level of transparency? Because if it's helping us, it can help other people as well. Exactly. So see, these are some of the things that uh, come up that we approach in my couples 
therapy of course my wife does counseling but i'm the only one at this point yeah. who knows what's gonna happen down the line that does the couples therapy so this is the type of stuff we're gonna dig into i'm not just gonna allow y'all to vent we're gonna create comprehensive game plans to start to um fix some of these different things so hit me up if you're interested in my couples therapy um one-on-one sessions um book out right now remember oh, yeah, who the f you are every single day she packaging up new work so we appreciate y'all for supporting our family and of course i appreciate y'all for supporting my wife as beautifully as y'all have where you at like 1100 1200 you don't know. even know she just packaging up the work and shipping yeah. it out uh-huh. yeah and I'm working on my book as well, Memoirs of a Former mm. F-Boy. Appreciate the excitement, the people that's been sending me emails for the pre-order. Yeah, excited for that. Yeah, so that's going to be lit too. Um, Peace in the Park, New Jersey, August? Uh, August? Yeah. 28th. August 27th, the last Sunday um, of the, of August. So come out. This is going to be the only one we do for this year. Spiritual Summer Jam, if you've never been. Meditation, movement, um, live music, uh, vegan food everywhere uh black owned holistic pop-up shop so you'll be able to purchase things it's just a dope event if you've never been so come out my wife will actually be with me in jersey my son will be there so it's gonna be a family affair bring the kids and all of that we will be getting back to sundays with source out here in houston when i get back from new jersey so uh pay attention for when that date drops and we will also probably be bringing peace in the park out here too so i know i got some houston nights Houstonian, I always do that. Houstonians that have been asking about peace in the park out here, so we are working on that as well in collaboration with Memorial Park. Yeah, so September 30th is my birthday. Uh, That is the plan to launch Sasha Flowers, my organic skincare line, September 30th. Um, I'm also planning a birthday party for myself. Like, I've always had something for my birthday, but I've never, like, intentionally done something for myself for my birthday because I always had the fear of like, what if don't nobody come? (laughs) That's always been my fear since I was a little kid, you know, just some childhood drama stuff. So I'm having my birthday party and will always also serve as a official book release Mm -hmm. and the relaunch and rebranding of Sasha Flowers Intentional Skincare. Mm -hmm. And that will be September 30th as well. So those who want to come and be a part of my birthday celebration, you will be able to purchase tickets to come to my birthday party and be a part of a very cool, very intimate setting. Um, so yeah, that should be really cool. So y'all stay on the lookout for that. And if you guys would like to vend uh, for Peace in the Park in Houston or in Jersey, um, hit me up and I'll get you the information on how to be able to do so. Yep. All right, episode 14. In the books. How do you always remember? It's me, man. It's It's me. Crazy. (laughs) All right, y'all. Bye. Peace.